Chefs Mark Stevens, he continues to do that each and every day when he breaks big stories on Breakfast with Hearth, and I believe we've got a little opener for him. Oh, and Stevens lined him up too. Let there be no mistake about that. Stevens went at him at 100 miles an hour. He got another go. Did you put that together yourself, Mark Stevens? No, Eddie, uh, he uh, recorded that yesterday after the interview, after his breathless interview with you guys. After he stopped talking, he <laughs> went into breathless. another room and, and recorded it. He was fantastic, <laughs> when though. He, when, when did he have time? <laughs> um, no, he was great, Eddie, he, um, yesterday. And, and it's been great, great listening from down there at the convention centre, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Bruce McAvaney, Steve-O, who he's, well, he's full-time in racing now. He's obviously given up calling footy a couple of years ago. He's made a big call. He thinks the Caulfield Cup has, oh, sorry, the Everest has eclipsed the Caulfield Cup. Matthew, what do you have to say to that? Well, I think Steve-O's a good uh, litmus test for this one because he's a bit of an arm's lengther from the from the main game. And, and these are two races that penetrate beyond the bubble. So guys like Steve-O are probably mm. the best guide to how... Um, how big the Caulfield Cup is these days compared to the Everest. Bruce McAvaney, they're both run on the same day, Steve-O, and McAvaney's saying that the Caulfield Cup's not even the biggest race run on that day. One's in Sydney, one's in Melbourne. One's historic and one's a pop-up. What's, uh, which, which way do you go and your mates? Are you more look, do you more look forward on that day to watching the Everest or the Caulfield Cup? Well, Matty, uh, before this year I would have said the Caulfield Cup, but I'm with Bruce just watching the coverage of the Everest, just the atmosphere there, the whole race experience, I was one over. So I'm going to have to go with Bruce on this. I'm on the Everest bandwagon. I just think it was a massive TV event, the vibe, the crowd, uh, the emotion. Um, yes, I'm an Everest guy. Yeah, it's pretty infectious, isn't it? And mm. I, they, they do capitalise on all the, all the panning shots of the crowd, and I think they almost choreographed the sing-along mm. and all that just for the cameras. But regardless of what they do... I think for that, it's got a new, modern, fresh feel about it. But I, ultimately, I think a race is only as good as its competitors year by year, yep. you know. So I think the Corfield Cup's probably had just a couple of lean years. There's no internationals, whether they value it or not. The, the You know, through the Murdoch media um, uh, republishing across all, same stories across all borders, we get too much Everest coverage in Melbourne to have... Yep. You know, in, in the Melbourne uh, in the Melbourne press, and the same applies with the um, the SMH and the Age as well. So, for reasons of newspaper ownership rather than what the what the public wants. So, I think if we got a blockbuster Everest with incentivise and the next champion that came along and whoever else, uh, I think it would would make the race. Uh, but we've had good runs with the Everest, haven't we? We've had um, superstar sprinters year in year out. Mm. So it's it sort of sold itself before even the marketing's taken over. So. Yeah, I, I look. Yes, I, I would agree. The last year or two, I've probably been more drawn to the Everest. Zero four one six ninety fifty fifty two. Let us know what you think. And I agree with you, Matthew. The thing with the Everest is that it attracts the best sprinting field each and every year now. And um, as your point around the Caulfield Cup being a little bit lean for depth, you don't have that issue with the Everest purely because of the prize money on offer. You're going to get a stellar field. Well, but then again, the year that um, incentivised won the Caulfield Cup and the story was Moody, yep. Brett Preble, who is this horse? I think, Steve-O, that probably drew me more than whatever... I think it was probably another Nature Strip Everest that year as well, but... Uh, yeah, look, yeah, I Nature think Strip, he beat Mars Crusader, yeah. 70%, it's about the, the, the strength of the field, but the other yep. 30% is what Sydney's really nailed. Yep. Yeah, I can be yeah, swayed, yeah. but I got seduced last year, so I can be easily yeah. won yeah. back. There's no problem there, Maddie's. Yeah, no, I'm not knocking the Caulfield Cup. I'm not even saying that I think that the Everest has gone past 
the Caulfield Cup. But the other important factor, I think, as well, is where are the jockeys on that day, Matthew? If you've got the four of the, best, four of the top five jockeys in one state, I think that's going to enhance whether or not that particular meeting is Eclipse Ellen. Because you, know, you want the big names there on the big days. You, you do, but I think the well is so deep that if you don't get Carr, you get Mellum. If you don't get Mellum, you get um, Brown. If you don't get Bowman, you get McAvoy. So mm. I think I think the jockeys are important and the really big superstar jockeys are a value add. But, Steve-O, I, I kind of back the horse and assume the jockey's capable. So I'm not as big on... I think it's nice if everyone's there on the one day. I, th- I thought it was a shame uh, that Chris Waller wasn't in Melbourne for the Melbourne Cup win. Very elegant one. I think that would have been a great value add. But uh, no, it's an interesting discussion. Uh, David is on the line and he wants to. This is his subject. He wants. This is dangerous. He just wants to chat. How are you, Dave? <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks, Matty. Now I just want you to clarify and actually clear me up on this particular point, and that is now Peter Valandis in my opinion, is the most innovative CEO in sport in Australia and has been since he was at Harold Park when the Miracle Bob, etc. was run. And he always caused interest by putting in a, a horse that probably wasn't uh, uh, certain or shouldn't have got a run. But what I'm interested in is that when I listen to Chris Waller, I listen to Jay Mack, I listen to Winston Abdul, I listen to um, Chris Lee, I listen to Bruce McAvaney, now, they're all respected figures in Australian racing, Peter Snowden, and I've all heard them say the same thing, that they believe that Peter Valandis is the breath of fresh air for Australian horse racing. So where have I got this wrong that he's not? Because uh, I think he's put the self-interested New South Wales ahead of the national interest, and I think it's playing out before our eyes now, just the how disruptive he's been, and all those people you cherry-picked there, David... Uh, uh, are not representative of the overall view. Say that a lot of country trainers love him as well, Ron Stubbs and people like that up in Albury, and yep. I just don't, don't understand the continued criticism about him. If you're a CEO of a company, isn't it your duty to look out for your constituents? No, you're also part of a bigger picture, David, and that's what Peter Racing New South Wales has failed to recognise. Uh, Dave, there's no doubt that he's a divisive figure. Some love him, some don't, and uh, whilst he's still the head of Racing New South Wales, he will continue to divide people. We need to go to Matt Nevitt, Matt Stewart, and Mark Stevens are with you on Yay on A0416 to send us a text. We're going to run out of time, gents. We won't get through all of these topics. We did touch on the dress code situation, I think, on Yay on A last week, and it's been a very big talking point here, Steve-O, in the last 24 hours since Andrew Jones opened a can of worms. What, what's been your take on it over the last day or so? Yeah, it was on with breakfast uh, with half this morning. Interesting interview. I think we need to loosen up. First of all, I'd throw the ties out the window. Ties are old hat, guys. Open neck shirts at the very least. And I think maybe theme days. Perhaps we could have a, like, sponsored by one of the surf brands, a Bordies and Thong Day. Maybe you could, or thong, it's not a thong in your case, Maddie, but uh, <laughs> but we could, uh, yeah, we could uh, relax. I think we need to relax and move with the times. Uh, tie would be the first thing to go. I think the tie is mostly gone anyway, and I think 90% of race accessibility is wear whatever you like. There's a, some rules and regulations about members, but as Neil Wilson said to us early on, um, his members have been polled at Flemington and they overwhelmingly think it's uh, it's good to dress up in the members. So I think it's a non-issue. I think there are far more important issues in racing than, yeah. than moving cox plates and uh, 
wondering whether people should be wearing suits at Flemington. It's, uh, I think there's a main game of, of major issues that are being thrashed out this week, and I think they should be the ones that Racing Victoria should be focusing on, not little distractions like dress codes. We've got to go to Hamilton. Hey, Steve-O, Toby Green is the new sole captain of the GWS Giants. What did you make of that decision? Yeah, inspired move, great leader. Of course, he's had his issues discipline-wise, but uh, gee, you'd love to have him on your side. So he's taken over as the main skipper at GWS. Dylan Grimes and Toby Nankervis have kept the job as joint skippers at Tigerland. That's the other captaincy news today, Matty. Good on you, Steve-O. I look forward to having a chat to you tomorrow on uh, Big V Racing. Okay, thanks, guys.